0: Hi, I'm Sue, and I'm Rachel, and this is our Georgette Heyer podcast, and in this episode we're looking at the Unknown Ajax. So yeah, the Unknown Ajax is where we're starting. Uh, It was first published in 1959. Um, That comes directly after Venetia and just before a civil contract. I'd say that's a pretty good period for Georgia Heyer there. Yeah, it's the the heyday of Heyer, isn't it? Oh, I like what you did there. (laughs) So the plot focuses on the Darricot family. They live on the Kent Sussex border. They're ruled over by Lord Darricot. The story begins with all the family together in Darricot Place, and there's news, bigger news, and it's that the weaver's brat a yeah, previously unknown character has entered the picture and he is next in line to inherit. Yep. So there's a fairly complicated family tree, as there usually is, I suppose. There's the eldest son, Granville. He So he was set to inherit, Yep. But, mm, died. And his son. And his son, Oliver. Yeah, you do get the sense that was just... They needed well, to set up a context yeah, first. Because I think, yeah,
1: because the idea that it was unexpected that yeah, uh, yeah that this um, weaver's brat should ever mm. be in the picture, that he would ever need to tell anybody about him.
0: Yeah, so so Haya just dispatched those two family yeah. members pretty quickly. We never, we never meet them. No, the family don't seem to talk about no. them very much. Not nice guys, though. They, oh, weren't, yeah, they yeah. weren't thought of highly. They were bad ones. Mm. So next in line um, is Hugh, but Hugh had died. Yes. So the family had expected that Matthew, the third in line, Father of Vincent and Claude um, would be inheriting, but oh, big shock, Hugh had had fathered a child. Yep. Yeah.
1: And the reason why Hugh's not in the picture is because he seriously displeased Lord darricot mm. by marrying badly.
0: And I think pretty much anything would annoy Lord darricot wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He is a tyrant. Yes, and obviously quite
0: um, snobby, we would say now, but um, yeah. high in the instep. Oh yeah. Oh, nice heroism. Mm. So, yeah, um, this weaver's brat, also called Hugh, is um, due home. The romantic angle comes with um, Anthea, so child of the fourth son. Yes, and we might be a bit screamish about the cousin thing, oh, but yeah. this was
1: this was common, and it, we're okay with it in Hail World, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We, we don't worry we just, it. just It's, it's fine. First over cousins it. marry. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah,
0: there are some inbreeding, but yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's fine. That's how the aristocracy works, so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the idea is that Lord Dacre wants Anthea to sort of um bring to respectability this Weavers brat that's yep. entering the family um, by marrying him. Yeah, uh, Anthea not so pleased at the prospect no. of that. She's she's quite her. a strong is. heroine, isn't she? She's feisty. Yeah, sure. Um, and then the major arrives. The sorry, it's Major Hugh because he's been in the Hugh. army. Yeah. Um, and he arrives to find the family treating him like he is a complete idiot.
1: Yeah. They're expecting him to um, yes, to not to have gone to school, to mm. have you know, eat what yeah, what's the phrase? Eat with a Eat with his knife. It's, eat with his knife, yeah. Is the is the phrase to basically be a, a Yorkshire yeah. hick? It's not Yeah. Basically yeah.
0: be as common as us. Yes, as common as we are. Yeah. Um so he arrives into this yeah. family, expecting the worst of him. And he picks up on this quite quickly what's yeah.
1: expected of him because he starts off speaking yeah the, the first you're introduced to him and he's um speaking fairly normally without <laughs> too yeah. much of a drawl. yeah and then as he realizes what is um what is expected of him he he really plays to that and you start getting the Yorkshire
0: yeah Yorkshire draw yeah and I think initially I kind of thought oh right he's just um he's just playing a joke on them but actually it, it's so that he, he wants to be thrown out doesn't he yeah because he, he finds the house so horrible and the family yeah, so that's horrible right. he just wants to
1: and we yeah he and just wants
0: to be able to leave yeah and we later
1: learn that he he doesn't really need this he doesn't he, he yeah, does loaded and this and also we should say that Darricot places is, is not a well kept it, um, no. family it's not sorry it's not a well kept house mm. um a lot of it's been remortgaged yeah um and so it is in need of in need of repair so mm-hmm. A lot of money's gonna have to go into it to bring it about again, and the estate support. Yeah. So
0: he sees this quite quickly. Mm-hmm.
1: He's a street man.
0: Yeah. And then tacked on top of all of that, there's a bit of a smuggling plot.
1: Yes. See, now this is interesting. So I think it's interesting where this comes in, in what books are before mm-hmm. and after it, because Venetia is quite a pure yes. love story, yeah. isn't it? That's the story. Is their mm. is their relationship. But this, I think, the love story is a little bit secondary.
0: Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it plays much more like one of her adventure ones, I think. And I, yeah. I put into that bracket the Talisman Ring, maybe. Yeah, definitely. The Reluctant Widow. Yeah. So the ones are a little bit more plot driven.
1: That's right. Yeah, maybe quite gentleman as well, which is mm. quite a similar. Yeah. Setup in a way, and it, yeah, there's a there's an underlying storyline, a bit more adventurous, a bit more, a bit more happening. Yeah, I agree. with and that's that. That's why I love this book so much. <laughs> yeah. I love these books.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting. It's quite telling that um, the very last scene. There's usually kind of the big dramatic duel, yeah. and it's yeah. a romantic one. And this one, they they barely have two lines to speak on the last page.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a very sweet love story. Oh yeah, it's a really sweet one, and it's it, um, yeah, but it's it's yeah it's not the main part of it, mm. and um, and it you Sort of, he declares himself quite early. Yeah, actually, it's not that, yeah, it's I not that it's, build up. You sort of know they they know they like each other, yeah. by halfway through the book. And yeah. she's a little bit reluctant because she thinks that people are going to think that they, um, oh, that she's it, him after him money. for the money. But it's cream so, pot love,
0: exactly. I love that phrase. Oh. You do not love cream? Oh, exactly. You, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, but yeah. So, yeah, the, the ending it's very much about the smuggling story being resolved. Which I think, I guess, the big reveal in that.
1: We should probably say about this character, Richmond. smuggling, yeah. <laughs> I haven't
0: actually mentioned Richmond yet. So,
1: Richmond is Anthea's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a young scam. He's he? a young scam, and he is army mad. He really mm-hmm. wants to go into the army, mm-hmm. but because of what happened to Hugh's father mm-hmm. um, marrying badly after he went into the army. Um, he, Lord Derek, absolutely refuses to let Richmond go, and he's very protective of Richmond. He, he's the only really, he's the only one of them he really likes, yes. isn't he?
0: Yeah, he's kind of okay with Anthea, I suppose, isn't he? Because she stands up to him. Yeah, very horrible to Anthea's mother, who is
1: yeah, quite a, a, a lot of lots of sensibility.
0: Yeah, um, um, that brings me on to something that I like about this book. Yeah, and that is that all three female characters in it. Mm. are good. Yeah. They don't have one that talks non stop. They don't have one that's kind of a grasping, scheming female. No. They're all they're all yeah. right. I get that Elvira, that's Anthea's mum. Yeah. She might not be the brightest, but she's got some common sense about her. She's got common sense and
1: she's kind. Yeah. And not yeah, not silly, but mm-hmm. um, just nice nice lady, nice motherly type. And Lady Eurelia
0: Oh, I love lady I love Eurelia. Lady
1: Aurelia. She's I think that's one of the things about this book as well. The secondary characters are just fantastic. So you've got Lady Aurelia, who is... Um, it, so that's Matthew's, Matthew's wife. Yeah. And um, she is the daughter of an Earl, I think. So is quite... Um, high. Thinks of herself very highly.
0: Yeah. Um, thinks of herself
1: as very well-bred.
0: Yeah, but I don't find she, she's too
1: obnoxious with it somehow. She just kind no, of... No, she just, just assumes that, that you know... Mm. Her, her place is um her place is there and and she sort of realizes
0: early on that he, what Hugh's about in terms of She's onto him early on he she knows that he's pretending to be yeah a bit stupid when really he's not and I yeah. think she, I think she's actually surprisingly
1: clear sighted about her own children as well yes so we should talk about her children as well oh yeah that's so Vincent and Claude are her children and Vincent is um. He's a bit of a rake. He's a Corinthian, isn't
0: he? Yeah. He's he's unpleasant for most of the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's sporting mad, isn't he? So young Richmond really looks up to him. That's right, yeah. He doesn't seem to care much about anything. No. A bit jaded, perhaps. But towards the
1: end, he yeah. definitely... He, he comes through a bit, doesn't he? He's Yeah, he, he improves throughout the book and never particularly pleasant, but um, in the end, I think... Um, because he's very, he's very horrible to Hugo in the beginning. Yeah. He's very, he's mean and, um, yes, and I think he comes up with the, the
0: name Ajax. Oh, yeah. Which actually we probably... I've looked it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to pretend that I just knew, but, you, yeah, you should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I googled it. Um, so, Ajax is in the Greek mythological figure. hmm He was um, a huge guy, a colossal sort of okay. figure, um, and one hell of a warrior. Okay. I think he was unbeaten in battle, um, and then eventually he sort of oh, got tricked in one of Odysseus's ploys. Um, felt like he dishonoured himself, and he literally fell on his sword. Okay. Um, but I think I think in the Greek mythology, he's generally felt generally felt to have some decent tactical nails, okay. like our major Hugo Daricot in this. Yeah. Whereas in the Shakespeare play, um, Troilus and, Cress- and Cressida they seem to talk about him in a much more disparaging way so okay. he, he is an elephant an imbecile yeah he's just a big whole witting Wh- kind of brute which is how vincent yeah talks to him and yeah
1: um yeah sees him definitely at the beginning but then gradually gets respect for him
0: as you go through and then the big the big finale yeah in fact i have a nice quote here from vincent here we go so he says "Oh wait, so to set this up um Vincent had tried to speak to Lord Darricot a little bit, just give him a hint about the yep. situation with Richmond and, and mentioned the fact that Major Darricot could, in fact, buy, buy Richmond away into the army, which didn't turn out well. Lord Darricot kicked off, as you'd probably expect him to. Yeah. So Vincent said, I was maladroit, wasn't I? I can only set it down to an experience. I can't recall that I ever before attempted to play the role of dis- disinterested benevolence. I I made sad work of it. But do equip me, sir, of encouraging the elephant Ajax. My opinion of his intellect is not high, but he is not so blockish as to suppose that it is within his power to meddle with Richmond's future. So there we go. Nice reference to the elephant Ajax yeah. there. Yeah,
1: and he's not. Star- he, yeah, even even though he's quite rude to him, he's starting to. Yeah. Think that Hugo might. Yeah. Um, might might be onto something in terms of Richmond's. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, kind of frustrated ambition. Yeah.
0: I think right at the end as well, he does say to to Major Darica, um, "If I was in a scrape, I'd want you there to yeah. pull me out."
1: Yeah, Which
0: is quite a nice, a nice ending, yeah. um, into their relationship, isn't it? Because it's... that is nice. But but of course, Vincent pales into insignificance next to the glorious Fuck. character that is Claude. This is
1: another. This is one of my favorite oh, characters. He's, a, he's I so love... good, isn't he? So he's a dandy.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, big time.
1: Big it doesn't dandy. sound like he's a very good one, though. No that's and that's one of that's one of vincent's jibes isn't it mm. that he yes um, apes the fashions of other men because he can't think of think of any new ones yeah. himself so he can't think of anything new for himself and yes there's some great scenes um, with claude trying to bring Hugo up to snuff. Yeah. in terms
0: Yeah, oh, another good heroism. Um,
1: I wish I could talk like this all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I say something like this at work. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like no one's gonna understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's some great scenes, and then that scene in I've forgotten the the village when Hugo and Claude go to the village, yeah. and he's wearing new. Oh um, yeah. A new come out. Yeah. Um, so a new outfit. Um, and to stun the yeah the villagers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it sounded like he succeeded.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And they, yes,
0: resembling a peacock. Yeah. And he's also a bit strutting of a lady's man, yeah, yeah. Isn't he? I was a bit confused at first. I, there's this bit here, about halfway through, where um, they, in this episode where they're walking around the town, strutting, yep. um, that he ended up wandering off and talking to a yellow-haired charmer who spoke in far from refined accents, but the major felt no surprise at his elegant cousin's effusive behaviour for he had discovered Claude two days previously trysting with the blacksmith's pretty daughter. Claude's disposition was mildly amorous, but as he was terrified of falling a victim to a matchmaking mamma, he rarely attempted to flirt with girls of his own order, indulging instead in a form of innocuous dalliance, which made his more robust brother feel rather unwell, with chambermaids, milliners' apprentices, village maidens, or in fact any personable young female of humble origin who was ready to encourage his intentions without for a moment imagining that these were serious. Yeah, that's nice. It's kind of a harmless flirt, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But you know, I like him. I like that he's not, you know, abusing his position to, you know, deflower young village virgins. Yeah. And it would would be a very different tone in the book. That would be odd. (laughs) But yeah, so I think what you were mentioning earlier is that this dalliance with a blacksmith's daughter means that later on in the story, when they need to pretend that Claude's been shot.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Richmond has got into league with smugglers, yeah, and he is helping them smuggle goods mm-hmm. through um, from the dower house which yep. to the. In, they're keeping it in the tunnels, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, underground. Underground, and this is the this is the final. What happened in the final scene mm. is that they they suddenly realise what he's been doing. Mm. He comes in shot.
0: Yeah, um, like one of those shoulder wounds where you know. Yeah. Fine.
1: Yeah. Um, wearing, wearing a smock. Is that what it's called? I uh, know he's got oh. he's got soot on his face. Soot on his face. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yes. Yeah, so he comes in, and then they realise what he's been doing, yeah. and the dragoons. Yeah. Are after him with Ottershaw. With yes. Yeah. Yeah, Lieutenant Ottershaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he. And they have to think of a plan. So they there's a blood trail leading to the house. Mm. The dragoons know they've shot somebody. Yeah, and they are fast approaching, Mm. and they need to think of something. Mm. And then Hugo comes to the rescue, which is how we know. Um, yes, everyone realizes his worth
0: at this. After this, don't they? And that's the big revelation. I think at the end of this book is that actually his whole family realize. What a man he is! Yeah, how impressive. Yeah. There are hints of it earlier on, like um, when the blacksmith's daughter's brother yes. barges into the house and tries to start a fight with Claude, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden the major Darrowcourt kind of steps up, doesn't he, and punches him and beats him out. Yeah, gets all alpha male on him. Um, and yeah, but I think a few people in the family at that point kind of go, oh, he might not be exactly what we think. But yet it's yeah, in that end scene where he comes yeah. up with this quite complicated plan on the spur of the moment, yeah. really.
1: And you have little drips throughout the book that he's not quite what everybody thought. So yeah. you suddenly realise he has got a lot of money yeah. because he's inherited it from his grandfather on the on his mother's side, yeah. who owns a mill. Yeah, um, and he went to Harrow. Harrow. school Shout out mm-hmm. to Harrow.
0: We're from Harrow, guys. Yeah. Um. We didn't get to go to the school. No, we're not not that part of Harrow. Two penises short. Yeah. Which is the bigger barrier? Do you think, not having the money or not having the penises?
1: Either way. <laughs> either way, either way, um, yeah. So they, yes, yeah, so we get we get little bits, of mm. he's not quite what everyone thinks. Yeah, um, and then it all accumulates into the final scene where actually you realise he's a top geezer, top the top geezer. Yeah, I love you as well. He's a great character. He's lovely. He's very funny, and he's not like they talk about um, Mark One and Mark Two mm-hmm. um, heroes, Heia heroes, mm. and like the. There's like not one is um but, uh quite brusque. Mm. And um, Often have a swarthy complexion. Yes, right? exactly. Uh maybe rake you know, rakish mm, or angry yeah. or yeah. Um yeah, right, yeah. Maybe a bit rough, maybe a bit mm-hmm. Um yeah. And then and then you have the other ones which are like dandy or Corinthians. Car- yeah. yeah. Um so yeah. You're Freddy. Freddy Italian. Yeah Yeah. Or Alvstock. Oh yeah. Frederica,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, oh, and Mister Brumaris Oh
0: yeah, oh, I need to read that. They're more the, that. they're
1: more on the um, mm. dandy or yeah Corinthian side than the sportsman. Yeah, but not like um, Charles from the uh, Grand Sophie. Oh yeah, who's yeah. a bit more rough and ready.
0: Yeah, I I kind of prefer the male characters that are a little bit. More well rounded, perhaps not just kind of these guys with a lot of swagger and yeah, you know, make women swing. I like the ones that you you feel you get to know them a little bit better, yeah.
1: But, um, Hugh or Hugo Mm. is not not like either of those, really. I don't think he's just a Mm. nice, kind Mm. man that's um quite a manly man. He is, he is, yeah. Should we say that?
0: Um, we have. So yeah, he really comes into the the family, doesn't he? And shakes things up. Mm. I mean I I guess the thing with Richmond was Richmond was gonna happen anyway. Yes. And just thank God he was there to he's okay to to, to fix things, but um but yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's one of the things Lady Aurelia says, like you have done you've done nothing to deserve him. Mm. Something like that at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need to channel Lady Aurelia in my I love it. I've got a I've got a a bit my favourite bit of her with her. Your character, Vincent is in many ways unsatisfactory, but I have never found you untruthful," said her ladyship. "I have no hesitation in accepting your assurance, therefore. Please close the door carefully behind you. The catch is defective. <laughs> I love that. Like, <laughs> complete disdain for. Yeah, I mean that's exactly <laughs> how my song. mum
0: talks to me. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, <laughs> not not particularly caring mother, but um, yeah, I just love that. I think you Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she and Vincent's clearly scared of her. Because he, because she's the source of his money as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's in quite a powerful position, and he's
0: not pleased about that. And Lady Aurelia kind of comes to the rescue in the last scene as well, doesn't she? Oh, yeah, she comes in. So we, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Ottershaw... So they set
1: up this scene, yeah. basically, where they... Um, Ottershaw's down in the kitchen yeah. area, right? Yeah. So their, their plan is that um, it, it, it wasn't Richmond that got shot... It was Claude. It was Claude. And so they have to dress um, Claude up in all of Richmond's clothes. Mm-hmm. But Richmond has to make a show of... Um, they pretend Richmond's dr- they, Richmond yeah, is, they pretend drunk, is drunk. Richmond is drunk. Um, and they dress up. Yeah, basically see swap clothes. Mm. And Richmond has to pretend to be drunk but not shot. Yes. And um, Claude has to
0: pretend, pretend to be, be shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they, they're pulling it off pretty well. Yeah. And they get to the point where I think um, Lieutenant Ottershaw and the sergeant are willing to they, they're kind of alright we'll go we'll go and then Ottershaw obviously just gets something into his head he's like you know what I just want to see Richmond's shoulder and make sure he hasn't been shot
1: yeah and he's that's like a dog point, with a boat oh, busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he will not let it go because he thinks he's being duped by these yeah. posh
0: Yeah, let's come back to Ottershaw because I, yeah. I feel like he's been he's had a hard time he has had a hard time Um, but yeah so he's done it and he's just Saying, no, I want, I'm want. i going to see Richmond's shoulder here, come on. Um, and at that point, you're you, as a reader, you're thinking, oh, they they can't really get out of this, this is tough. And then Lady Aurelia appears. Yeah. And I, I kind of get the sense that she sort of sailed in, yeah. like a big stately ship.
1: Yeah.
0: Looking down her nose, surveying yeah. the scene. Yeah. Not, not wanting any explanations, no. just... It'd be beneath her. Just, yeah. And... Um, and she, she just should. dismisses basically Lieutenant of the sure doesn't she and sure. the sergeant and, th- and they kind of you know, tell between their legs run up upstairs and escape and it's her being there in that nick of time yeah that makes the whole thing come off that's right she, he can't he hasn't got any game left after that has he no no the wind has been taken out of his sails yeah um, so that's a lot about Lady Aurelia I yeah. would just like to give Elvira yeah props I mean firstly for having an amazing name Elvira yeah. fantastic But I think that she's got one of the most sensible passages in the book. I don't think I can disagree with anything in it. Um, So the situation here is, Anthea has just found out that um, Hugo is rich. Yeah. And she's flown up into the bowels a little bit about it. Because she's worried that people are going to think that she was just after him, because of his money. And uh, Anthea's mum decides to dish out a bit of common sense. So she says to her, Well, my love... It is a great piece of nonsense to pretend that life is not very much more comfortable when one can command its elegancies and always be beforehand with the world, because it is, replied Mrs. Darricot with one of her disconcerting flashes of common sense. I liked Hugo from the outset, but although I very soon perceived that he was just the man to make you happy, I could not wish you to marry him when I believed it meant that you would be obliged to live here, dependent on your grandfather. But he has been telling me about his scheme to refer Bishop the dower house, if you should not dislike it. And I can't think why you should, dearest, for he says the ghost is nothing more than spurs to do trying to keep everyone away, which wouldn't surprise me in the least, for I've always disliked that man. And even if there is a ghost, it can't possibly be more disagreeable to live with than your grandfather. I should not find it so at all events. And only think, Anthea, dear Hugo wishes me to live there too. Of course I should have Of course I said I should not, but I was very much affected. Indeed I cried a little. Um "'He couldn't have been kinder if he had been my own son,' she disclosed. "'You must not suppose I wasn't devoted to your poor papa, my dear, "'but no one could call him a dependable man. "'Oh, no, what a comfort it is to have a creature like Hugo to turn to. "'Say what you will, my love, there is something about very big, quiet men.' "'So ridiculous, too,' she added, with a rather shaky laugh. "'He says if you won't marry him, "'he will want me more than ever to live at the dower house, to keep house for him.' "'I was obliged to laugh, though naturally I gave him a scold for talking such nonsense, "'and though I wouldn't press you for the world, my dearest child.' I did tell him that nothing could make me happier than to see you married to him, and it is no use to take a pet because if you are not in love with him, all I can say is that you are a most shocking flirt, which I should be sorry to think of any child of mine. And as for not marrying him because he is much wealthier than we knew, I never heard of anything so absurd in my life.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah,
1: that's really Solicanda. it. Sums, sums Hugo up as well. It's quite a nice, yeah, nice thing of summing up a character. Like he's he's dependable.
0: Mm-hmm. He's rich. <laughs> big he's big that's what, <laughs> that's what we all want right exactly exactly i mean i would perhaps have been a little bit chagrined perhaps if um my husband invited my mum to live with us without speaking yeah. to me about it first yeah but you know but it was yeah. we've got to accept a lot of the things yeah that happened then yeah <laughs> we'll take it at face value <laughs> you know. and fair enough she was living in what sounds like a horrific situation yeah. so fair enough that he would want to get her out of it Yeah,
1: and it it sums him up that you would want that
0: yeah yeah, and he's thoughtful. Aww. He's had a chat with her and he's charmed, charmed her sort of behind the scenes, hasn't he?
1: Yeah.
0: I like that. Probably a bit of a soldierly thing to do. Yeah. So he's got a plan, hasn't he? He's sort of knocking down all the defences one by That's one. That's right. It sounds a little bit sinister when you put <laughs> <that>. it. <laughs> In a nice way. It's a, it's a plan of attack. So, a little bit about our major, da- Darakot. I don't know about you, but often I will find myself, you know, rather attracted to the Georgia Haye character, the, the main characters. Yeah. Not him. Really? No. I think it's because they describe him as bovine so many yeah. times. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean he's big. No, no. They're talking about his facial expression being a bit blank. I'm just picturing him yeah. slack-jawed. And I get hey, that he's but, putting well, it on. No,
1: but he just doesn't give anything away.
0: Hmm. Maybe. Like a poker face. It no, doesn't come across as poker face. It sounds like he's deliberately looking very stupid.
1: Well, I think that yeah.
0: I get that again. But that, I get that situation. That's yeah. But I just can't go for a guy who's been described as bovine multiple times. Um, and reading it, his Yorkshire accent.
1: Oh Well, that I can't. I mean, that um, that's why we haven't picked <laughs> any passages yeah. where he's, no, he's quite speaking because. <laughs> We're not going to do
0: that. I might give it a go later. You don't know. Oh, I'm looking forward Um, to it. (laughs) The people of Yorkshire are not. Um, So, yeah, in terms of the love story. Because it is a little bit of a a B-plot. Yeah, it is a B-plot. But there's one nice scene, I think, um, in the middle. So, I think to tease us to begin with, she has this little bit where Anthea and... um, and Hugo are talking. I realise I've referred to Hugo here as Hugh, Hugo and Major yeah, It's Well done if you're keeping up with me on this. It's all the same person. Unless we're talking yeah. about his father who was also Hugh or Hugo. Oh and there was a bit wasn't there in the book where I think Lord Darricot calls Hugo Hugo throughout the whole book and when he's impressed with him at the end he changes yeah. it to Hugh. Or vice versa. Yeah. But there's something like that isn't there? So, yes, Hugo and Anthea are having a little chat, and Hugo says, Yes, love, said Hugo, smiling very kindly at her. I know right enough, but happened, you'd better not say it. Oh, no, it sounds most improper. I wouldn't say it to anyone, but Hugo, how dare you call me love? Did I do that? He asked incredulously. You know very well you did. What is more, it is by far more improper than anything I said. It must have slipped out, said Hugo feebly. It's a common expression in the North. So there he is. He's calling her love. Yeah. She doesn't hate it, does she? She's a but little bit surprised. Because calls her lass and love. Yeah, yeah. And he seems to hug her a bit as well. Yeah. I got, you know when you're reading this and you think, oh my goodness me, he's put an arm around her. No. Shocking. It's amazing, isn't it? Your, your standards change with your hair
1: character. It's like, how forward of
0: her. <laughs> I've got here a bit where um, Anthea realises that she loves. Oh, that's nice. Um, Hugo. She now realised with a sense of shock that this enormous and apparently guileless intruder had taken the grossest advantage of her innocence, advancing by imperceptible but rapid stages from the position of a stranger to be treated with circumspection to that of a close friend in whom she could safely confide, and who was, for some obscure reason, indispensable to her comfort. Any belief she might have had in the existence of the beautiful Miss Melkinthorpe had admittedly been of short duration, but the thought of marrying the Major herself had not until this moment entered her head. It was clearly necessary to temporise. Withdrawing her hand from his, she said in a rallying tone, "Recollect that we have been equated for less than a month. You cannot, cousin, have formed an attachment in so short a time." Nay, love, don't be so daft," he expostulated. "There's no sense in saying I can't tell you what I have done."
1: Oh, oh. that's
0: awful! Oh. Yeah, he's a bit a romantic, isn't he? I mean, he knows what he wants. Yeah.
1: He came in there. And he was. Yeah, like... it was very, yeah, it was very. Yeah, he was very quick, wasn't he? he? Was very quick to think. No, Anthea is the woman for me.
0: Yeah, despite that, she was a little bit cold to him at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she was a bit, he was a bit scared of it at the beginning, wasn't he, and then...
0: Was he? Was he scared? Come on, that guy's not well, scared of anything, is he? Okay, but she was She was very haunty, wasn't she? Yes. Haughty. Haughty. <laughs> so what we didn't tell you was that Anthea's a ghost. <laughs> it's not important to the plot, don't worry about it. Haughty. Um, <so. Haunty. laughs> but then I think they have their really nice um, romantic chat about halfway through. And they basically, are at this point, I think, admitting their feelings, but it's just a bit of surprise to Anthea and she's not quite willing to say, yep, we're yep. going to get married. But, you know, nearly there. You know where it's going. You know where it's going, yeah. I mean,
1: you know where it's going from the beginning, <laughs> but there's, yeah. not, there's not a lot of twists and
0: turns in terms of the love story. So Anthea says, if only, oh, if only I could do to you what I long to do exclaimed Anthea, if you were but a few inches shorter. He said hopefully, Nay, no, don't let like that fat your love. It'll be no trouble at all to lift you up. In fact there's nothing I'd like better. Furiously blushing, she retorted, I didn't mean that I wished to kiss you. He heaved a despondent sigh. I was afraid you didn't, he said, sadly shaking his head. I was really taken aback, but I thought to myself, Now come now, lad. She'd never raise your hopes only to cast you down. So Cousin Hugo, you are outrageous, said Anthea in a shaking voice. Say so there we go. He's suggesting oh. that she wants to kiss him. Oh, how adorable! It's such
1: a sweet love story. This is.
0: He really is. And I think what's nice about it is that throughout this, he, he makes her laugh quite a lot. Yeah. And I think he's sensitive as well to her not being quite ready. Yeah. Like it's all a little bit of a surprise to her, and she needs a little bit more time to come around. Like
1: she realizes his game quite.
0: Yeah. on oh, yeah, as yeah. well.
1: Like he she knows he's putting on the. You know the stupid the bovine. Expression and the the accent and yeah yeah she realizes he's picking on and she slowly she just slowly falls in love with him or quite fast really
0: yeah yeah because over um, what, what period of time does this happen It's just like a couple of weeks or a few weeks that? yeah yeah <laughs> oh well they they're in living in the same house so yes and to be fair I think Anthea had very little else going on in her life yeah like there's no mention of having friends or anything like I... that or like ever leaving the house really. You do worry. You do wonder,
1: like yeah. how, how do these people stay sane if they were like just with their family the whole time, yeah. like for yeah. her whole life? She basically stayed with her family and grew up with Lord Darcourt, who was a yes autocrat.
0: Yeah, I mean he's basically abusive, isn't he? Yeah, he's got some fantastic terms of phrases. Yeah. And in fact, I think Lord Darcourt and Claude have some amazing speeches between them. Yeah. The, the language that you know the classic kind of hey I cant is in force and it's fantastic, yeah, so Claude's got all his sort of fashionable town phrases and Lord darricot has got the insults
1: that's right so and he's quite um crass isn't he oh yeah lord, lord dacott is is quite crass and yeah
0: he, d- he doesn't pull any punches and he's yeah I think there's a bit that's where cool. um where. Matthew, his third son, shows up, and I think all his all his dad says to him, all Darcot says to him in greeting, he sort of, "You're as fat as a flawn." Yeah, <laughs> and, it's like nice. and then just wanders off. Nice. <laughs> um, there's a great bit here where he is um chastising Claude, and he says, <laughs> "You are a new baby, a Park Saunterer, a good for nothing jack straw," said his fond grandfather. <laughs> well, I shouldn't put it like that myself, sir," said Claude. But I dare say you're right. Well, what I mean is, no use setting me up to work. I couldn't. A smock-faced wag-feather, pursued my lord inexorably. Your only talent is for a Well, there you are, sir, Claude pointed out. A certain sort of something, mocked Vincent. So, there we go. I mean, I don't even know what most of those... A Bartholomew baby, a Park Santera, good-for-nothing Jackstraw. I think they're all... A smock-faced wag-feather. Uh. Wag-feather like a peacock, maybe?
1: Yeah. Smock-faced. I think they basically all mean the same thing, don't they? They... He doesn't like him. He doesn't like him, and he thinks that he's um, maybe effeminate, and yeah, a bit effeminate because he's a because he's a dandy, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, not n- not
0: much worth to him, I
1: guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you've got a family that big, I mean, he very much just cares about the next line. Yeah, the next the kind of line of succession, doesn't he? And he
1: sort of likes Vincent, doesn't he? Because mm, yeah, um, in a. Yeah, quite a detached way, just because I think he sees a lot of Vincent in himself. and I think Vincent,
0: he likes the fact that he can control <clears throat> Vincent, I suppose, as well. Yeah. He's holding but the Vincent strings.
1: spends money on the things that he would spend money on, like yeah. sports and... Yeah. Women. Yeah, women and sports. But Claude, mm-hmm. all his money goes on his clothes. Yeah. And he's got he's got a bit more money than Vincent, because he got an
0: inheritance from... Yeah, he's got a separate source of income from yeah, some Uncle or, or something. Relative. Yeah. Again, plot device.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think we should also... Um,
1: mention the valets. Is is it valets, oh, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Hardly. <laughs> yeah. So valets who who have a great rivalry. Oh yeah. So there is. And I don't think there's one line. You know, whatever the rivalry between Vincent and mm. Ben Claude, Um, the rivalry between the <laughs> polyphant and Cholicum. Cholicum Um, the, the the valets. There's nothing. Yeah,
0: nothing to it. There's some great. <laughs> a rivalry between them, and yeah, the yeah, and actually, there, there's a fair bit about the servants in this one because yeah. it starts off with the point of view of Charles, who I think is a footman, and he's just entered yes. the house, and it, you kind of see the family from his outside of you, yeah,
1: that's right. And then there's Hugo's new valet, oh, yeah, who's Trollocum's nephew or something, yeah, yeah, and you sort of see Hugo through his eyes as mm-hmm. well. And he's, I can't believe he's got such a fantastic, nice, kind, yeah. Master. Yeah. Um, a lot, I mean, I mean that is one of the things about a lot of the servants are very happy, aren't they? They're, they're happy to be uh, yeah. serving, God, yeah. they're happy about their place and to be serving the family, and I yeah. wonder how common that really was.
0: <laughs> yeah. But um, just happy to kind of just do all that drudgery yeah. day in, day out. Yeah. Yeah, that does seem unlikely, but
1: probably got a yeah. pretty sweet deal uh, with yeah. Major Darryl. And they, at the end, they all. Um, come together in the end to help out Richmond, don't oh, they? Oh, they do, that's
0: really nice. Yeah, and Bonifant
1: yeah. comes into his own, oh, and he, yeah.
0: he really helps out with the masquerade. Yeah, he sets the scene. Yeah. It sounds quite impressive, like a little... Blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like really a lot of blood. Yeah, you get the movie they,
1: <laughs> they went a bit OTT with... Yeah. yeah. I like that
0: do they? I've got a question for you, Rach. Oh, Okay. Um, if you could have an offshoot book, a spin-off, okay. if you like, featuring any of the characters in this book, yeah. what would it be? Oh, she's stumped, guys.
1: I am. Probably Claude. But
0: mm-hmm. then it wouldn't...
1: Could it be a love story if it was Claude?
0: He could find the perfect tailor. Yeah. They could form a romantic
1: attachment. Yeah. Um, who else is in there?
0: Yeah, I think if you had if it was a story about Claude it would end up being sort of a cotillion style Yeah. He grows up a little bit. Yeah. Or
1: well, you could yeah. Or Vincent
0: and he falls in love and isn't such a I think that could be a promising one, the Vincent one, because yeah, he shows that sign that he's changing Yeah and becoming a better person. Like I could definitely imagine him, you know, falling in love with a virtuous woman and he needs to be a better man to win her. Yeah. Kind of thing. But I was thinking also Elvira, she's described as being still very pretty. You could have like a nice little older relationship. Yeah,
1: there is not a manner. lot of older relationships, is there? No. Older falling in love. I feel not like... not in primary characters.
0: No, I feel like in that Snowdrift collection, was there one yeah. where this woman thought that a man was after her daughter, and it turns out he was in love with her. Oh yeah, that remember? Yeah. But yeah, yeah there's not much. Could, yeah. Ooh, and, oh, and ah, what is it? What is it? What is it? Is it cotillion where the cantankerous old man marries his housekeeper?
1: Yes, that's right. But well,
0: then no, I, that was to save money. Yeah, it, that was not a love laugh story. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right, yeah.
1: Where is the housekeeper or her
0: her old governess? Is mm. it? Yeah. a Fish. Fish. Oh wow! I don't believe really I remember that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think I'd be particularly interested in Richmond.
1: No. He's, he's still got some grown yeah. ups to do, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah.
0: But yeah, Claude. I would love to know more about Claude.
1: Yeah, or you could do one of again a prequel and mm-hmm. have Hugh's father fall in love with the the Weaver's, oh, yeah. dawh- the Weaver's
0: daughter. I never like the ones though where you know they're gonna die.
1: Yeah, but you wouldn't know. Oh, okay. You know everyone's gonna die in the We'd, end. Generally, in life, doesn't they have yeah. to die in the book, does he? No, but I would know. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> as I said. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to do any of the fantasy casting?
0: Oh, Which, I just, because I don't have any. I don't have any.
1: Definitely not for the main characters, but Lord Darricka. Oh yeah, has to be because basically Michael Gambon. Oh. Is is all? Old
0: is it Gambon?
1: Ah, uh, what is it? I was going with Gambon. Gambon.
0: I mean, I like Gambon. It's a bit Frencher. Gambon.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm very fancy. <laughs> yeah, he plays all old men in my head. So oh, okay. He would be uh, <laughs> and then yeah so that's the only person I've managed to cast Lady Aurelia that must be easy eh?
0: yeah like very proud yeah who's that woman who plays Duckface in um, Four Weddings in the Funeral oh yeah oh, what's her? her name yeah that's a good one. oh, oh no the other woman who's in For Weddings in the Funeral um, Kirsten Scott Thomas. oh yeah Kristen Scott yeah Kirsten Scott she'd be good because she's cold she's very yeah. cold. Glacial um Hugo I do not know. No, there just isn't anybody because it'd have to be a human cow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who is really tall and blonde? That guy, but not that good looking. Yeah, that's the yeah. He needs what, to be Martin a grower. Does... Oh no, I was thinking of the earlier one, Rupert Penry-Jones. Yeah, but he's too. He's yeah, he's too obviously good looking. Who
1: who could do the accent and
0: get away with it? Sean, Bean. apart from you. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean could do it. No, but he's, he's too old now. He's too old. Yeah, young Sean Bean. A young
1: Sean. You know what? Bean. If we're doing
0: fancy casting, we can do young we can do people, it right? Everyone. Yeah. Okay, young Sean a Bean. Young Sean Bean. Oh, perfect. Now I'm now I'm liking it a little bit more. He's not that big though, is he? No, but you could have something with perspective. I <laughs> just cast really small actors and everything. Yeah. How big is Michael Gambon? <laughs> They're all tall, aren't they? Oh, and what about Anthea? I don't really have any strong feelings about what she looks like.
1: I don't think she's. I'm not sure she's very well described. In no. terms of looks. Oh, the mum, um, mm. Imelda Staunton?
0: Mm. Not for you. I think bit, I think a bit younger. Ah? Well, she's meant to, I think she's described as being blonde hair, blue eyes, plump and pretty, I think. Or something like that. Okay. I think she's still got to be a little bit fanciable. I mean, don't get me wrong, Imelda Staunton, yes please. But, yeah, a bit younger.
1: Okay. Back to the drawing board. Back to
0: the casting couch.
1: Back to the casting couch when we have our production company make. Oh yeah, make
0: these. Yeah, you're on that one. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Anything else to share? No, I think I don't think so. How did you feel the glass of Prosecco you had earlier today has affected your performance? (laughs) It was two glasses. (laughs) Two glasses? It was two glasses. We were at a baby shower. Yeah. There was Prosecco. I had two glasses. I had none.
1: Yeah. No, I I don't think. I think it's fine. Okay, good. We'll see. (laughs) That's it from us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our thoughts on The Unknown Ajax. We'll be back next time with another Georgia Ayer book.
0: Take care. Bye.